and welcome to another podcast with me, Andrew Gray, owner of Truth Legal Sisters in Harrogate. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to have with me here in our boardroom, Dr. Indra. Good morning, Dr. Indra. Good morning, Andrew. Thank you very much for coming in now. You are a functional GP, and I understand that your website is drindra.co.uk. We met each other at a networking event uh, about a few weeks ago, and I'll be coming to see you with a problem, which I won't mention here, (laughs) um, and you'll be sure be giving me some advice. I remember when I met you a few weeks ago, I was absolutely blown away by this concept of a functional GP. I have never come across it. For our listeners who probably haven't heard about it either, just explain us the basics, please. So um, I've been a GP in the NHS for over 17 years, and I sort of started to believe or started to realise that I wasn't really helping my patients. They were just having more and more medications and things weren't uh, getting any better. So that's when I started to look at other ways of dealing with my patients, and that's when I come across functional medicine. And the way I describe functional medicine to my patients is that it's the why of you getting unwell. Why are, we ask, why are you getting unwell? When medicine, conventional medicine asks, what is the matter with you? What's the right pill to treat you with? Got it. And I say, when did the functional medicine revolution, if it has happened, when did it happen and which country did it originate in? Well, functional medicine was coined by a uh, doctor in America called Jeffrey Bland, and they set up the Institute of Functional Medicine. It's got a number of different names attached to it. There's integrative medicine, there's environmental medicine, there's nutritional medicine. So all different terms. But the functional medicine that I follow is by the Institute of Functional Medicine, and uh, Jeffrey Bland and his colleagues set it up about 30 years ago. Wow, as long as goes that. Yeah, so it's been around for a while. And how many functional um, GP pract- uh, practitioners are there in the UK, do you know? There's not that many of us doctors. There's a lot of nutritional therapists who are learning this way of managing patients, but there's not that many of us doctors. I think I'm the most northern one okay. there is. So. In Leeds as well? Yes, in Leeds, yeah. So none from Leeds to Scotland, that is a bit scary. Yeah. And your website, drindra.co.uk, and it's in Leeds, and uh, whereabouts in Leeds are you based? So we're based in uh, Rothwell at a little um, gym there called Ivoridge Hall. Okay. And I also have a, a clinic in Manchester as well, which is again in another gym, in optimised personal wellness there. Got it. So when you were going on this uh, mindset revolution of questioning why the NHS does it as it does yeah. and is still doing it, what did your colleagues think of you at the time? Did you think you were crackers? She's gone la la. <laughs> what was said about you? Well, I think they thought initially, well, where's the evidence? You know, nice doesn't say things like that. Nice being the institute, um, national institute. institute of clinical effectiveness. Excellence. Oh, excellence. There yes, you go. Okay. <laughs> you know better than I do. Um, so they, they, you know, they don't have anything about lifestyle. They don't have anything about nutrition in there. Um, why are you going down this route? But reality is, I mean, one of the stories that I tell about how I got here was a, a patient who I sat in with in a, my regular diabetic clinic. And every year or every six months, he was coming back for a review. And each time, I was just giving him new medication and nothing else was changing. Yes. And the last medication I'd had to try for him was actually going to make him have a yeast infection. Wow. So I'm treating one thing, but I'm giving him something else. 
that just didn't feel right anymore to be doing that. And that's the reason I wanted to try and find a different way of helping Got patients. It. Tough question. If you were to design the NHS today, um, you know, how would you do it involving functional medicine as I imagine that you would involve? I think functional medicine is a whole mindset change for people, for professionals, um, for our society as a whole. I think people have grown up with the idea that if I'm ill, I go and see a doctor, they'll give me something to take and then I'll yes. get better. So I think it, it's quite hard to redesign the whole system because you'd have to start with thinking, well, actually, I have the power to heal myself and there's so much I can do to make myself better. And actually the doctor will support me and find out the best way for me to get better rather than go to the doctor, take this tablet, off I go. And another angle, I guess, is everybody having their own functional GP in due course so that they don't get ill. Yes. I guess is where you'd want it to be. Yes. I mean, functional medicine is brilliant at prevention um, because once we understand why your body or how your body is functioning at this moment in time, we can then allow it to function more effectively rather than cause dysfunction and symptoms. Got it. And do you have any particular obvious patients or clients or whatever you call them, service users, yeah. whatever your choice of term is, is there a typical person that you would see? At the moment, most of my patients have basically been through the NHS, seen all the consultants that they can see, and nobody has really come up with a reason or uh, a diagnosis or a treatment that's actually making them feel better. So we're going right back to the basics again and really understanding the patient and then shifting them along that wellness spectrum, getting them to better symptoms or better lifestyle. Yeah, from a lawyer's perspective, when we're dealing with accident claims, um, it's been quite common that we come across pain cases, chronic pain cases. And probably a lot of our listeners don't know what a chronic pain case is, but perhaps you could explain and uh, explain to the audience where you're involved in this process. So we see a lot of chronic pain in, in the NHS as well. It's something that we see quite a lot of the time. People who just... Uh, chronic is long-term. Yes. So I don't know the definition offhand, but it has to be over a certain amount of weeks per year of having the pain. Something okay. like that is the definition of it. Thank you. So if somebody has chronic pain, within the NHS we would be wanting to see what sort of treatments there are. So we would treat them with painkillers and things like that. And that's generally the way it goes within the NHS. But as a functional doctor, I'm wanting to see why? why. Why have you got pain? And the way that I've learned pain now, which differs from when I was in the NHS, is that pain is inflammation. I don't know whether your listeners will know what inflammation is, but the way I kind of explain, please. describe it is this. If you imagine you cut yourself, you get like a soreness around it and a, and a scab over the top of it and things like that. And that's kind of what's going on inside. So your body's trying to protect itself. There's some kind of injury and it's producing an inflammatory response to try and heal it. Our bodies are amazing. They're yes. built to heal. And that's one of the things I forgot in the NHS, you know. Why is it not healing? If that's how we were created, why can't we support it to heal again? So if inflammation is going on, that is a natural process to healing. But something is stopping it from healing. And that's what I'm here to find out. Do you have too much of stress or 
the wrong kind of food or have you got too little sleep or have you got too little nutrients that actually need that your body needs to be able to function really effectively it's going somewhat out of my comfort zone <laughs> but are some of these issues that your patients have are hereditary and without being able to do is it genome testing, testing? And genetic testing yeah yeah how could you involve yourself if you don't have the genome code or whatever it is that's part of my training is to really just listen to the patient and once you listen to the patient most of my patients will tell me what's wrong you know and in functional medicine we start at birth and we see everything that's happened to you up to the point that you've had your accident or the pain has got worse whatever it is that's happened that tells us how your body is going to respond to that incident so we have hundreds of different metabolic processes that are going on in our in our body and if we're optimal if you have an injury you'll get better inflammation will go down and you'll carry on but if you've had a lot of stress in your life that disrupts how your body works if you haven't eaten so well then you probably haven't got enough nutrients in your in your body or if you've been on some medication that's depleted certain nutrients or if you have had antibiotics in your in your time, that disrupts your gut. And that's a whole other podcast about how the gut yes. health yes. is and how gut health you know, affects the way we think, the way we feel, all of that kind of thing. So if you've had lots of things that have happened to you up to the point of you having your incident, accident, whatever it is, you're probably not in the best shape for your body to deal with that accident. So what we want to do then is to understand how you were before you got there and then when you're there we can tell chances are you haven't got enough nutrients so we can add some nutrients we can also do functional testing which the nhs doesn't have the source yeah wherewithal to to do that and it's it's a newer kind of testing i mean my colleagues in america have been using it for 20 30 years and have got very good results from it but we just don't use it and the cost obviously so i know you said earlier before the podcast began that you're still registered with the GMC, General Medical Council, of course. Is it right that the NHS wouldn't recommend your services and people have to find you just by Googling or personal recommendations? How do your NHS colleagues deal with you and referrals? So now they've, um, we've actually got a couple of GPs who have now developed a course with the Royal College of General Practitioners. And we're starting to find that more and more GPs are getting involved and looking for a different way of practicing. I'm not surprised. They must be so miserable seeing the same people <laughs> exactly. coming with the same issues. Yeah. But it seems you're way ahead of the curve, though, with your thinking. I think we are. I mean, the functional GPs that are out there, or functional doctors that are out there, we are way ahead of the curve. And you find that, actually, you know, we used to have these patients who we call, like, our heart sinks because we really just didn't know what else to do with them. And they would come in on a regular basis but now I'm excited to see them because there is so much we can do. And if they are willing to engage, we can actually really help them achieve what they want to achieve in their lifetime. Got it. Changing tack somewhat, mm. and I, I could appreciate my next question is somewhat politically incorrect, but <laughs> I have thought about it thoroughly. Uh, you've come in today and you look absolutely outstanding and just relaxed and undoctory, yeah. doctor-like. <laughs> yeah. um, I wouldn't normally comment on people's clothes, but I would if you're a male doctor or a female doctor. 
but it puts me at ease. Obviously, I'm not your patient today. Yeah. Is this normally how you are, just um, at one with you, and therefore the patients are comfortable? Or are, on another day, are you suited and booted and a little bit, you know, scary for us mere mortals? <laughs> well, I try not to be scary for for people, but because one of the key things in functional medicine is the therapeutic relationship with the doctor. If you are able to connect with me and you're able to trust what I am saying, you're more likely to do the things I'm asking you to do. So, yes, sometimes I do dress differently, but I dress for myself so that I can feel good on the day, so that I can feel grounded, so that I'm more connected, so I can give you the best of me. So that's how I do it. What a great answer. (laughs) Thank you. In terms of the wellness spectrum, you mentioned it before we started this podcast. Could you explain to me and all listeners what you regard a wellness spectrum is? I think we're all on a um, spectrum. So we're all on a line. And in the middle of the line, the way to think about it is when you're just okay. You wake up in the morning, you're okay, you get up, you go to work, you come home, you have your food, and nothing seems to be majorly out of, out of sync. On the other side of the spectrum, on one side of the spectrum, you have premature death, you have symptoms, you have illness, you have operations, and all of those things that happen when you're just not feeling as well, so the illness side of it. And on the other side is optimal vitality, when you're, you know, you can go to the gym five to four times a week, you're, you, you feel well when you wake up in the morning, you've got energy, you've got vitality, you've got drive, you've got meaning and purpose in your life. So that's the other end of the spectrum. So what we want to do is to shift you along that. So if you've got symptoms, let's get you to okay. And if you're okay, let's get you to vitality. And functional meds can do all of that because that's what we're here to try and do. You say it like it's just a run-of-the-mill thing, but actually (laughs) it's genuinely mind-blowing what you're saying. I don't hear anybody talk in the way that you do, and I'm so grateful that you're here to talk with me. Um, are there any other professionals and the sort of health and wellness sectors which refer to you and you refer out? You know, wh- where does everybody else fit? We have to work as a team. I can't do everything on my own. So the health and wellness sectors which are growing now are the nutritional therapists and also coaches, lifestyle coaches, uh, business coaches, any of those kind of coaches that really just help you and support you along this journey of change that you are going to take. Doctors do refer, but not so much. I don't think the consultants are really aware of what we do as yet. That's really where I've got most of my referrals, and most of them actually just come direct from the patient. I bet. I wish that we had come across you much sooner. Um, We've had many a client who's been suffering from pain, chronic pain, and we see their journey through the NHS, and it's somewhat predictable. I wish that in the past we could have referred people to you and you've, you know, weaved your magic, as I'm sure you could have done. Talking about chronic pain and accidents and whiplash and so forth, do you have any top tips for anyone listening as to how they should overcome perhaps a car accident, both the physical side and the psychological side to it? So I have a, a thing that I've developed, which I've just from like seeing patients. I call it the three A's of transformation. So the three A's is, first of all, to become aware. So if you become aware of how this pain is affecting you, what does this pain allow you to do, you know, where does this pain get worse, what are the areas that this pain becomes less or more? So becoming aware of how 
this particular symptom impacts on your life is the first step. Because some people just don't really think about it and they'll just go on. And then actually, if you start to sit down and think, well, where is it worse? Like, I have an example of a lady who had problems with her sleep and we got her to do a diary of her, uh, her sleep and she figured out that she woke up at two o'clock every morning to have a cereal bar. Wow. Okay. Which she knew she was doing. She was conscious of it. But once it was written down, she was like, oh, something else is going on here. So it's, you know, so there's not just the waking up at night, which she just wanted medication for, but she had tried everything in the market. So first point, awareness. So let's become aware of what's going on around you and then acknowledge it, but without judgment. So it's okay to have pain, but let's not judge ourselves. Oh, I'm not good enough or tell ourselves stories about what this pain actually means to us. Then let's take a step, one step, which is action. And each action, just one little step. So it could be that you might need to move more because pain can come from stiffness or lack of movement. Or maybe we need to eat more vegetables because we need some more anti-inflammatory kind of foods. So foods that will decrease that inflammation I was talking about. Now that blew my mind when I started learning about it, that food can actually be a medicine. Whoa, I didn't really realize that that was possible. But yeah, something like that. So the three A's, that's the way I would say is my top tip. Become aware, acknowledge, but don't judge yourself and then take one little step as an action. Wow, a very good way to end this podcast. Um, how do people contact you, Dr. Indra? Um, so probably the easiest way will be through my website, drindra.co.uk. There is a link on there to book an appointment if you want to go ahead and book an appointment or uh, a link to my PA and then she can organise that for you. Brilliant. I have absolutely enjoyed listening to every word that you said. I hope that there'll be many more functional GPs, doctors, especially north from Leeds. I think it's a bit of a kind of shame <laughs> that there are no others. And I wish you the very best with uh, treating all your patients and thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you for allowing me to do this.